for two or three years, honestly, just believing that God did that to punish me, that my body was broken, and that God did that on purpose because he was angry with me for sinning. How could I have believed for so long that God, basically believing that God hated me, but that I had to serve him anyway, when the truth is that he's been there all along, blessing me and providing for me and making a way for me out of all of these traumatic experiences that I've had since coming to know him. Has Jesus transformed your life? If he has, then I want to share your story. My name is Kelly, and I'm a new Christian who has been through a full heart change recently since I truly accepted the gospel. A huge part of my faith transformation was hearing others' testimonies. Now here I am, ready to share yours and keep the good news spreading. On this podcast, I will read your submitted stories and have you on to share them yourself. My goal is to give back in hopes it helps others grow in their faith. Welcome to Tell Me Your Testimony. Today's testimony is from Chelsea. She grew up in a Christian home and heard at a young age that she was saved. She just assumed she was good. Later on, she realized that walking with Christ meant a relationship with Him. She shares how her mindset changed throughout her adolescence and into her marriage. This episode contains adult content that may be triggering for some listeners. Topics discussed include sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and miscarriage. Please be advised, this podcast is for adult audiences only. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for sharing. Now on to the episode. in the church. My grandfather was a Baptist minister. All my other grandparents went to church. So while my parents didn't really go to church when I was younger, every weekend someone brought me. I was told that I prayed a prayer with my grandfather when I was like two. And so then I was saved. And I just kind of was like, oh, okay, good enough. And just kind of coasted by on that. When I was 17, though, I I had just gone through like my first real breakup, which I know sounds like no big deal. But I mean, if you know, like your first high school breakup, like that's devastating. And some other things. And I was sitting on my bedroom floor. And I remember clear as day. I was sitting on my bedroom floor and a friend messaged me like this little, I don't know, it was just like a few short paragraphs that they just thought I would find interesting. But it was about, is your salvation real? Like, have you made your relationship with Christ personal to you? This feels like it's kind of calling me out a little bit. And then like right that second, the song The Motions by Matthew West came on my iPod. And I didn't have much Christian music on my iPod. So I was like, right at that moment, I was like, okay, God, yeah, this is the time that I'm giving my life over to you. I had a bunch of youth events prior youth group conferences things like that I always did like the rededication and it was always so dramatic but it never stopped and I never understood why but so then everything sort of came together for me I decided to go to Word of Life Bible Institute in Scroon Lake New York Old Pottersville is where the campus is I guess after high school and that was really challenging it was a lot of fun I'm glad I went and I made some of the best friends that I've ever had but about two weeks before I graduated my second year, it's a two-year program for one or two years, you can choose, I was sexually assaulted by someone I thought was a close friend. And I 
didn't go to my graduation. I called my parents and I was like, I'm going to stay the rest of the two weeks, but I'm like going straight home. I'm just leaving. And they were like, I didn't really tell them why, but they were like, whatever you want to do, like kind of weird, but okay. The thing about experiencing something like that is there's really no way of knowing how you're going to respond, like in the short term and in the long term. I, I really thought I was fine, but I went through a period of about a year and a half, a lot of promiscuity, drinking, other things. And I don't want to go too far into detail because I feel like I don't want to be like glorifying sin or being like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun because it was, but that's, it's not in the long term. It is in the moment, but then, you know, you wake up the next morning or when you go to bed at night and you really wonder like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where is God in this? I had gotten myself into a really toxic, abusive relationship. Um, It wasn't physically abusive, but very like emotionally and psychologically. But one thing that he did, which I didn't really understand, and I still don't, is he brought me to church. Every Sunday evening, he brought me to church to the church I grew up in and he went with me and he was an atheist I believe he still is I don't know but like in that when I was questioning all the time like where is God in this what am I doing why can't I feel God around me every single thing that I'm doing and that I'm going through God is here and he's finding a way to just show like little provisions like this awful relationship with the guys making sure I go to church which I hadn't done in like over a year I mean it just kind of continues like that for a while I did find a good church what after I got engaged to my now husband so that relationship in the past dated a couple other guys none of them were anything to really tell about I met my current husband and on our first date he told me like Jesus Christ is my lord and savior and I'm not looking to casually date I'm looking for someone to share my life with I'm pro-life I you know just all this and that and the other thing and he's like and if that doesn't work work for you then that's fine but this is where I'm at and I'm looking for someone who's on the same page we found after we got engaged a good church to go to together and so we did live together before we were married which I know it was awful honestly it felt awful we fought all the time I honestly like it was only by grace that we even made it to be married but God really provided a way for us he made it very clear through several circumstances and several different people that he used that we we needed to be married despite anything else going on around us any family situation so we did we finished up premarital counseling and we got married and honestly through that we were so blessed God brought us closer together than ever before and closer to him because once you're pulled out of sin you're able to see like where God has been the whole time. Like one thing, like bringing the whole situation into into the light. Very shortly after we got married, we found out that I was pregnant, which was very exciting. We were so excited. We told everyone like right off, right off the bat. But before my first ultrasound, I actually miscarried. And then the month after that, I miscarried again. That was my third and my fourth miscarriage in my life the first two times I was like oh well it's because I'm not married like I'm in sin God must be punishing me 
I know now that that's not true. It was a whole big thing because I remembered that when I was living with Dylan before we were married, my dad said to me, God does not reward us for sin. And he pointed out the fact that my mother had had a miscarriage and they had sex before they were married. And he was like, all this stuff can happen. Like God can even take your child. And so like, because it was my dad, I really like took that to heart. For two or three years, honestly, just believing that God did that to punish me, that my body was broken, and that God did that on purpose because he was angry with me for sinning. It wasn't until last fall, I listened to a podcast on on miscarriage and infertility from the Daily Grace Cast, and they literally said in the podcast, God is not going to do something like that to punish you. He can use it for his glory and for your good, because all things come together for the good of those who love him and who serve according to his purpose. God is the author of life. Every good and perfect thing is from him. He's not going to just ruin your life. I was listening to that and it really struck me. And that is so true. How could I have believed for so long that God, basically believing that God hated me, but that I had to serve him anyway, when the truth is that he's been there all along, blessing me and providing for me, and making a way for me out of all of these traumatic experiences that I've had since coming to know him and providing for me in ways that I didn't even know and probably in ways that I still don't know. And that honestly just revolutionized the way that I think of God, my relationship with God. And to be honest, I still struggle sometimes with the thought of I just have to serve God because it's my job. Like I have to worship God because he deserves it. But the truth is that we are blessed in giving God worship. And in coming before the throne, we have just so many, so many blessings and mercies. God gives us grace in so many incredible ways just because he's God and we're not, just because he loves us. And so how much more when we come before the throne, when we come into God's presence, because we want to, and because we recognize that he loves us, are we able to see, we're able to see and to receive those blessings and his grace in so many different ways. Thank you, Chelsea. I know that there's a common belief that we're being punished for things. And I, and I kind of look at Job, I look at the book of Job and that it shows that he wasn't being punished because of his works or what he was doing because Job was a pretty good guy <laughs> as far as God yeah. was concerned. And he still worshiped God throughout all of that. And when that mindset of constantly being worried and feeling guilty for what we're doing, it kind of diminishes what Christ did for us in that he took away those sins. So when we're stuck in that mindset of we have to constantly get ourselves out of trouble, we just need to stop and honestly surrender that to God and just say, you know, be repentant. Of course, just take that away from me and it's gone. You know, it's gone. And yeah, he gives us that, that light yoke when we walk through life that when we do stumble and he promises that we do we're constantly being you know tripping and getting back up but I think the difference is what our mindset is and what we focus on when bad things do happen when we do mess up that it's not necessarily 
God's doing, but it's just this life that we're in and it's, you know, bad. There's bad things. It's a broken world. He promises that bad things will happen to us, but it's how we react to those things. It's how we move on, how we still worship God throughout those things that happen and that we continue to focus on him and not necessarily our circumstances, but having the perspective of the amazing life that God gave us and what we're supposed to do to glorify him through it. You have that mindset of thinking that you're being punished, you know, I'm sorry that you had those losses, Chelsea, and that you had that deep guilt about it, that it was your fault. You know, these, these things happen, they're out of our control in many ways. And God was there through it with you, not necessarily punishing you. And it's also good to know that when you have sin in your life, you feel a disconnection with God. You feel that conviction that, hey, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I need to change something about the way I'm living. And you feel closer to him, but it doesn't mean that he's punishing you for that. He wants you to be more righteous throughout your walk with him. So I think there's a big difference there in as far as being punished and as far as him trying to sanctify you with that. Yeah, so I totally agree. Um, And thank you. Thank you for saying that. What you said about the book of Job is something that honestly even came to mind while I was sharing. I didn't. I didn't like write out whatever I basically just prayed throughout the day that the spirit would lead me to share what I was going to share. And while I was talking, the book of Job actually came to mind and how it wasn't God who did those things to him. It was the enemy literally went before God and said, I bet I can take this guy from you. And God was like, all right, see if you can. And he took everything from him, his land, his livestock, his, his children, his home, everything. So all these things, and his friends were on his shoulder saying, wow, your life sucks. Why is God doing this to you? And then at the end, we see God speak. And God says, I own the storehouses full of snow. I control the waves. I, like, every single thing belongs to me, and you belong to me, and I am good, and I will provide for you. And then he gave back to Job, like, what he had lost, and then some because he was faithful. Another passage that really comes to mind is in Hosea. He's a minor prophet, and it's not not really super well-known. I think everyone's probably heard of it, but it's not super well-known. God told Hosea to marry a prostitute, and Hosea did so. He was a prophet, and he was a man of God, so he said, okay. And she for him two children and then was I mean she was continuing her work as a prostitute throughout their marriage and God pointed out that that is like what we do to him he is good to us he provides he gives everything we need and then we go and follow after our own desires we chase after idols we just completely neglect him and like forget about our relationship And then there was a point where God said, okay, Hosea, your wife has been out for quite some time with some other men. Go get her. Like, go get your wife and bring her home and make her stay there. And he did. And then God said, this is what I'm going to do to my people. I used to say, you are not my people. But now I'm going to say, you are my people. And I am your God. And I am going to protect you and cherish you like I promised I would before all of this other stuff. Um, Hosea is honestly just my favorite 
my favorite book of the Bible, but what I'm talking about happens in chapters 2 and 11. So if anyone listening wants to look into that, and I just take my word for it. Yeah, so I'm still trying to work through the Bible, and I've, I've heard that story. It's such a, it's so beautiful as far as, like, the connection between Hosea and how God is and how we are towards him. And, oh my gosh, it just, it breaks my heart. <laughs> you know because it's like oh man it's just feel horrible it just shows his nature and that it's unchanging and it's just the same throughout time always you know chelsea i know that you've been walking with christ for most of your life basically and i want to ask how your life is looking like now how how your relationship with christ has grown throughout your marriage and everything if you can just kind of talk about that a little bit this is actually interesting timing because I just went through a pretty major loss. My maternal grandmother had cancer last year and passed at the end of December. And then I just found out last month that my other grandmother is also going to pass away this year, probably. But God has been so, so present through that. There hasn't been a day that I haven't felt God's presence and heard reminders like in my heart from the Holy Spirit, heard reminders from scripture, things like I will never leave you nor forsake you. Every good and perfect thing is from God. And just reminders of how faithful God is and how ever present he is. And that honestly, I, I don't know how I would have handled it otherwise, but I really like, I didn't feel like my life was over. I didn't, you know, I really have just been clinging to God and he has been so, so faithful to just be there every second. As far as my marriage, we have grown, we have grown closer together. Dylan honestly has really stepped up as the head of our family, even though I maybe not always the best wife um, because I'm pretty headstrong and stubborn um, and want things like my way don't we all he has really stepped up and said I'm I'm the leader of our family and you know and he's a good man so he's not like taking advantage or anything like that but he said you know this is the the direction we're going to go in and it's for our good and I prayed about it and that honestly just makes me so much more attracted to him and like makes me want to step into the biblical role of a wife for him yeah I love that you mentioned that it's it's so good to have a godly husband and I'm seeing that too because I was always the one that was like I'm gonna do what I want I'm just so (laughs) not not the role uh that was supposed to be and just constantly like fighting with him about what I should be doing it's just it was like a mess but that was before I really really knew Jesus and <laughs> it's been about a year I think it's been just about a year so it's really cool to look back and see how our marriage has grown and how things have changed as far as how we handle conflicts and how we work together on things and raising kids and when we have Jesus in the center of it it really makes the biggest difference in everything it really is so amazing and I'm just so thankful for that because I know there's there's people out there that you know they don't their spouses don't follow Christ and they're struggling with that so I understand this is a very very blessed in that sense to have a godly husband and I don't take that for granted at all so I I like that you touched on that and it's it's really good to see how you both are stepping into that role and it's so hard in our world today to embrace that and I have to really focus on 
thinking of the reason why I'm doing this, why I'm, you know, helping out around the house, I stay at home. So, you know, leaning into that role and really changing my mindset on how this is glorifying God first. And it really makes a huge difference in my attitude (laughs) in (laughs) how everyone is functioning in the house. It just, um, it's a really great role to lean into. So I'm happy to hear that you're, you're doing that. And I'm I'm sorry that you're having those losses and the pain of that is really hard. But when you, when you have a relationship with Jesus, you're still comforted in that. You're still grieving, but you still have that comfort that those who don't follow him don't have. And mm-hmm. they'll see that in you. They see how you're reacting and that you're a look different in that way. And that kind of maybe piques their interest on how, how are you doing okay <laughs> in that, you know? Yeah. And um, just being that light to everyone, even through our circumstances. Personally, we had a, a tough year last year as far as family members. I lost my grandma. Uh, my husband lost his dad. And the timing of it was, like, if if it was a year earlier, it would have been a disaster, I think, because both of us weren't as close. I was definitely not close with Jesus and um, he was but not nearly so as he is now and the difference between that on how we handle those things is just black and white like I know I know that from when I lost my dad I was a mess disaster just crashed and burned so I'm just I'm thankful for that I'm thankful that you have Christ in your life and that you are handling these situations with him basically holding your hand through it. So I'm really, um, I'm sorry that you're going through that, but I'm happy that you have Jesus through it. And do you have any final thoughts, Chelsea? And I know you did mention some scripture, but do you have one that specifically that you like to turn to? Yes. So first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that you've been going through that. I know it's been just a ridiculous couple of years for everyone in the whole world. And that the Apostle Paul even says, we have hope like those who don't know Christ don't and that others will see that and so that in and of itself is comforting and I hope it is for you too the passage in Hosea is really what I turn to and also Lamentations 3.33 which Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah and he really struggled with depression and 3.33 it's talking about how he was humbled in his depression and in his afflictions, but that God rose him out of it and told him, you know, I have a plan for your life. This verse is used out of context pretty often, but what God said to him is, I know the plans I have for you, like plans to prosper for a hope and a future. And that was said directly to the prophet. So, I mean, not everyone has, God doesn't have plans for every single person to be rich and be prosperous and have this great, amazing future. But we do have the hope that God knows the plans he has for us. And we can rest in that. And that I think is just really amazing. It's a great reminder every day of how faithful God is. I like that you touched on on Lamentations because I've heard of that verse, you know, and I know that the whole prosperity gospel thing, I could do a whole episode on that. But that the hope of Jesus is worth so much more than anything else I could think of you could literally have everything stripped away and if you still have that hope that this isn't it this life isn't it you have 
eternity to spend with him, then the things of this world don't matter. And I see that a lot in our culture today with people who are, you know, I guess, specifically celebrities who are rich and they have all the material wealth, the popularity, literally everything in their life is like 100% perfect. And they still have this deep depression, this darkness about them, this they're just not satisfied. And I, I understand that feeling of trying to constantly get things that this world is telling me that I need. And you feel like cool and you feel good for maybe a second, but then it quickly disappears and you're left feeling empty and longing and wanting for more. And now that I have Jesus in my life, that is gone. Like it is so it's gone. Like I could go and get, you know, um, I guess there's a pair of shoes that I want or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. Whatever. I'm not longing for a new pair of shoes after that. I'm not looking to fill that void again with something new. If that is gone, that void part of my life is gone. And it doesn't matter how rich, how poor, whatever I lose in my life, I have him and that's enough. He is seriously enough. So I like that you you touched on that. I appreciate you sharing, Chelsea. I appreciate you sharing your story and coming on and just um, giving hope to those who maybe are going through something that they're they're in that guilt and that shame phase. They just they can't seem to let go of their what they're doing and and they're not fully trusting God in their life. They're not giving it to him and when you give that to him when you give him your your burden you say Jesus you know I'm I'm a sinner I am not good enough you're the only one that's good enough you're reminded that you can't earn your way you cannot do anything to get to heaven he did it for you and that should make things click for you right away because he doesn't want us in that shame cycle he doesn't want us to stop and feel bad about ourselves. He wants us to repent for our sins, but he wants us to move forward and to continue to find ways to glorify him, listen to what he says in the word, in the Bible, read the Bible, get into a good body, get into a good church fellowship with others. Finding others to help you lead and go through this walk is so important, but he doesn't want you stuck there. If you're not moving forward, if you're not growing, that's that's not what he wants for us at all. And it doesn't mean like growing as far as getting money or possessions or anything. It just means like a stronger relationship with him and others and loving God and loving other people. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great opportunity. I'm really glad that I had the chance to share my story and hopefully it can help others who might be in a similar place. With this podcast, I also want to make sure that everyone listening hears the gospel. So if you're listening and you've heard the gospel, but you're not really sure what it means, you've grown up in church and you've heard it preached, but the words kind of just go in one ear and out the other, and you haven't really experienced a true change or have a heart for Jesus. So I want to give you a summary of what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. 
happened. Yeah, it is definitely good news, and here's why. God created man in his image. He made us to worship and to be in full relationship with him. Everything he created was good. And then man sinned by disobeying God's command when Eve ate that fruit in Eden. Basically, they thought that they knew best and that they could figure out the rules for themselves and they could take it from here. If you have small children, do you notice how they disobey at such a young age? No one teaches them that. This rebellion is a part of that fall from Adam and Eve and it's basically a curse and God created us to have free will so unfortunately this is what they chose because God is so glorious perfect and just he cannot have a full relationship with a sinner as he intended Romans 6 23 says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so hang on to this for a minute I'm going to take you through why the Bible is so important and why it's the living Word of God throughout the Old Testament you will find that man is constantly sinning God gave them rules and the Ten Commandments to live by one of the ways they atoned for sins was to sacrifice a spotless lamb but of course they would sin again and have to do this over and over again God made sure that his commandments and rules would be followed by the Jewish people over time and he preserved his words in the Jewish Torah over thousands of years a few hundred years before Christ came he let the prophets of the Old Testament know what he was going to do about the sin problem they stated that God would send his son to save the world and this was also preserved through time now when Jesus came there were many Jewish people that did not like what he was teaching. The religious leaders of this time, they did not have a heart for what he was trying to do. A lot of the people misinterpreted the prophet's message that the Messiah would free the Jewish people from oppression and specifically at that time the Roman Empire that was ruling over them. But that was not God's plan. His plan was for a Jew and non-Jewish people, also known as Gentiles, to be saved and to be a part of his kingdom. When Jesus was crucified, his last words before dismissing his spirit were, it is finished, meaning that he was fulfilling the prophecy that he would die. He would be the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice to take on God's wrath for sin for everyone that believes in him. He was fully God and fully man. He was always there throughout time. Basically, he took the punishment that we all deserve. Now, we have all sinned. Every single one of us nobody is perfect even as young children we lie we dishonor our parents and that is still a sin in God's eyes no one is exempt here God took it upon himself to solve that problem to let us be in a full relationship with him and when we are in a full relationship with him the gifts that he gives with that are so amazing one of the things that jesus said before he descended into heaven was that i am going to send a friend to you as promised that friend is the holy spirit the holy spirit is a third person in the trinity he is there to remind us that we are never alone he dwells within us he guides us he protects us he gives us peace when we dwell with him and if you look up the fruit of the spirit that will help you understand what he does most of the world has heard john 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. We're all sinners. God solved that problem by sending Jesus. And he requires us to trust and believe that he is the Messiah and to make it known to others and to walk with him for the rest of our days. And I promise he will never fail you. We also must turn from our sin or in other words, repent. We walk differently than how we were before knowing Christ. And these 
testimonies should show how amazing and freeing his grace is. One of the most beautiful things that I'm learning is that God's promise for full redemption of all creation. He promises that all believers will live with him as first intended in Eden. He will wipe away all sin forever, no more tears, a new heaven and a new earth forever. And you can find this in Revelation 21. I hope this helps make sense of what the gospel is. I encourage you to read the New Testament, maybe use the Bible app if you don't have a physical Bible, but there are tons of resources there to help you understand. Please get in the Word. There are a lot of Christians out there that are self-proclaiming that they have not read the Bible. I was one of them. I never touched it. I didn't get it. Now I cannot get enough of it. Another thing that is so important to realize is that you cannot gain salvation by doing good works. We cannot earn our way to heaven. The reasons why Christians do good things is because we are saved, not to be saved. So if you're stuck in that thought that you have to constantly redeem yourself, Jesus died for that. He is the one that did it. So because you're saved, you want to do good things, not the other way around. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Jesus also simplified things for us. Because there were so many rules, actually over 600 rules in the Jewish Torah, he simplified it with this. All of the commands are so simple. Love your Lord your God. Love other people as you do yourself. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope this encouraged you to get in your Bible. If you have not read it in a while, reach out to a church maybe and get plugged in. It is so important to walk with others in this journey. We are not meant to be alone in our walk with Christ. I also want to leave you on this note. When you're reading the Bible, think of this. The entire Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. Read it with that perspective and I promise it will change your life. Psalms 105.1 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. I hope that these stories resonated with you. There is such a beautiful power in what Jesus can do in our lives. If you would like to share your testimony, you can email me at tellyourtestimonypod at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at tell me your testimony pod and reach out there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, all I ask is that you consider leaving a review as it helps the show get recommended to more people. And of course, I appreciate you sharing it with your friends as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll be back to share more testimonies next week. God bless.